Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Antonio Garrido. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, Life Unscripted. I'm so grateful to have you here today. As I said, just prior to hitting the go button, most of our business owners are business owners. uh, And as a business owner, you often have to be a leader. Um, But you've written a wonderful book, My uh, daily leadership development program you have and uh, my daily leadership, a powerful roadmap for leadership success. Um, because often you might be pushed into the realms of leadership, but not have all the tools necessary to be a good leader. And you feel that everyone has the capacity to be a good leader. Uh, what kind of brought you to that and to writing your book? (laughs) Good question. First of all, Hello, Christine. Thank you ever so much for for the invitation today. Yeah, I think um, I was incredibly fortunate. uh, Honestly, I promise all of your listeners more luck than by judgment. But I, when I first came out of university, it's it's one of those answers which I find riveting because it's about me. But I'm hoping your leaders will also find interesting. Your your leaders and listeners and uh, followers. So I, when I first came out of university, I was an architect. And I thought that that was my life. I was just going to be an architect forever. But I'd, I'm not entirely sure why that was the case, but that's basically what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, then I uh, I had a, a couple of jobs, and one of the leaders that I worked for, who was just phenomenal, <laughs> um, said, I want you to go back to university, learn some more stuff, and uh, run one of our division so I I did that and he said you know all leaders are learners and you have to go and learn how to do that so go off to university and take some take some qualifications in leadership so I did that Mm -hmm. and of course as most of your uh, audience probably recognize that was a fairly dry subject and you know 
I don't want to say it was as dull as ditch water, but it, it wasn't far off. But but interestingly, I learned most of my leadership, early leadership lessons from him. He was an incredibly, incredibly um, inspirational individual. Mm. I talk in the book about one of our very early conversations. So throughout then my career, my career kind of, again, by luck rather than judgment, grew to the to the extent that I eventually found myself running very, very large organizations, which uh, kind of Fortune 50 type businesses, massive with thousands of people and billions in revenue. So it started very, very small, but but was fortunate enough to go very, very big. And, and along the way, met some tremendous leaders. But then, as you can imagine, Christina, met some fairly dicey ones at the same time. So anyway, back to the story, this individual asked me if I had ever worked for a dreadful leader. Um, and I had, right? And I think if 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 people that are listening or watching today's recording, I, I would encourage them to just take a second, get themselves a piece of paper and write down what does a dreadful leader look like? And we can imagine. Yeah. So. Or it's a head experience. <laughs> right. And most people have. When you say to them, have you ever worked for a terrible boss? They go, have I ever? Sit down. Let me tell you a story, right? <laughs> so you can you can imagine what that list looked like. It was, I guess, uh, micromanaging and bullying and playing favorites and inconsistency mm -hmm. and uh, all, the dread, all the usual, the usual suspects of leadership dreadfulness. Anyway, so I wrote this huge list for him and he kept saying, add a few more, add a few more, add a few more. And I kept, I kept going. And, you know, I, I finished the list and said, okay, so that's what leadership dreadfulness looks like, I think, in my experience. He said, terrific, terrific. That's a really, really good list. He said, he said, hey, will you do, this is the chairman of the group. He said, will you do me a, a tremendous favor? I said, yeah, what, what do you need? He said, well, whilst ever you're the managing director or CEO of this organization, we promise me never to do any of those things. And <laughs> I thought, well, isn't that a good way of thinking about leadership? All the things not to do mm. as sort of an indication of all the things that therefore by default that we should do. Yeah. So, and he said, listen, keep that list with you at all times. And if ever I pass you in the corridor, I may ask you for that list and we'll, we'll chat about it. So that was kind of my first practical leadership lesson, I think, which was you ought to be very intentional about the kind of leader that you're going to be. You ought to be very intentional about the kind of leader that you don't want to be. Mm. Um, and I, I, that lesson, which I didn't get in any of my university studies, by the way, that lesson um, I have applied lots and lots of times. I've employed countless people in leadership positions yeah. and I've always said hey just grab a piece of paper for me and a pen with you and just write down what does a dreadful leader look like yeah. and it's been ever so powerful well the kind of the the opposite of those lists is what leadership you know tremendous leadership looks like I've also coached and trained and mentored again countless leaders and I've and I've always asked them do you want to be uh, a poor leader do you want to be a, a good leader? Do you want to be an excellent leader? Do you want to be best in class? Do you want to be world? Where do you want to be on the sort of continuum of leadership from, from 
truly exceptional to dreadful, right? And most of them will say, well, I'd, I'd like to be at this end of the scale, right? Yeah. I said, okay, terrific. So so what does that mean then? So define define what best in class looks like, define what excellence looks like, so that we know that we're kind of moving towards it. And whilst people, leaders, the good ones rather, intuitively want to be the best that they can be, they're not always entirely clear how what that might look like. Yeah, uh, you know, so, I I love you going here, Antonio. I'd love to break this down and peel the onion a bit because yeah. I I think a lot of the people I've worked with who have not been truly the best leaders, yeah, I I think they wanted to be their best leader yeah. that they could be, but I I think the problem being is okay. You look at these things. You've had a bad leader. You're like, I don't want to do that. But yeah. we so often fall off, and we do those things that are the what you should not do as a leader. How do we recognize where we might not be excelling to exceptional leadership in ourselves? Because I think it's easier to look at others and say, oh, they're bad, they're doing this wrong, they're <laughs> yeah, doing that wrong. Sure. But where do we For notice sure. our own failings? How do well, we- Well, actually, I mean, that is the crux of my this book, my third book. That is actually at the, at the, at the heart of the issue. Mm-hmm. So when we looked at what to, when we actually did a study of a whole bunch of you know, really exceptional, truly world-class, world-class uh, leaders in all markets, all verticals from tiny, 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 all the way through to, uh, you know, Fortune uh, 50 uh, organizations. What we discovered was uh, that the good ones have developed, or the great ones rather, let me put it that way, have developed a really, really, really high degree of self-awareness And the poor ones have not. So coming back to your question, how do we know whether or not we're doing a good job? Because here's the thing. People kind of don't tell you. I I think in my whole time as being a leader, and I've had some gaps, right? We all have. Mm -hmm. You know, in all of my experience, and I'm ancient, right? In all of my experience, no one's ever knocked on my door and said, hey, Antonio, have you got a minute? And I said, yeah, of course, come in, sit down, what's on your mind? And they said, I just wanted to let you know that I think you're doing a terrible job. (laughs) That's never happened, right? And I I saw once um, uh, George Bush Senior, I know he's no longer with us, but when he left the White House, it was no longer the president, a really interesting thing happened. Um, He was in a pro-am golf tournament and he was just coming off the 18th green and somebody, some local reporter, kind of shoved a camera in front of his face and said, how was the golf, Mr. President? He was no longer the president, but you chaps called ex-president the president. Right? So how, how, how was the golf, Mr. President? And he thought for a second and he said, it's amazing how many go- games of golf he has lost since no longer being the president, right? Ah! <laughs> right? And I thought, you know, that's 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 such a great... That's such a great leadership lesson. So back to your point. Yeah. Self-awareness is absolutely key because no one's going to tell you whether or not you're doing a terrible job. Now, you might think, well, you know, stakeholder value, and you might look at share price, and you might look at lots of KPIs and kind of figure out that therefore you're doing a, a great job. But the fact of the matter is all of the best leaders, and in fact, all of the best managers too, have a highly developed sense of self-awareness. So self-awareness, it seemed, um, was critical in terms of you know a good predictor of leadership success because what I encourage people to do, leaders uh, uh, in the book, we talk about this an awful lot, is at the end of every day, 
Um, the principle, one of the main principles is that wisdom does not come from, as a consequence of time served, wisdom comes from evaluated experience. And evaluated experience means we have to kind of stop, take a second, look back and evaluate, you know, the day, if you like. And that helps develop self-awareness. So in other words, at the end of every day, if you can kind of give yourself a leadership report card and say, how did I do today? Was I was I a star today? In all places, everywhere and always, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so in this place, I was a star. In this place, I was an A minus. In this place, I was a B plus. And that's terrific because then you start in the book, we talk about, okay, well, if you're not perfect and glorious and delicious in every single instance, uh, where could you have done better, right? And that that evaluated experience that when I told Frank this, perhaps it would have been better had I told Frank that. Now, what happens then is we start to grow our uh, self-awareness that allows us to be a better leader. The next important thing, though, however, Christina, I know I'm talking a million miles an hour. I'm hoping you're following. The next thing is, okay, well, but what, when you ask people, define what what great leadership is all about. And as you asked, can it be learned or is it just a God-given, given, you know, is it stamped on your DNA and some people have the great leadership gene and some don't? Yeah. No, it's, it's absolutely, it's absolutely a learned skill. What you need, however, is a model to measure yourself against against and then try and uh, so, so look to a good leader and emulate them is what you're saying well not a good leader but a good model of leadership and when you ask people okay so okay so we know what dreadful looks like because we've got that list we know that self-awareness is important we need to develop that well so what does great leadership look like and people will say you know it's the ability to create fellowship okay i'll give you that on a on a default but what else is it about well, we discovered that when we did our research that it's it's really, it's not a million things. There's actually five main areas, and then each one of those has a bunch of sub-areas. It's probably about, probably about 25 components of the best of the best of the best. Mm-hmm. So what we say to people, first of all, before we coach them, before we'll take them on, before we'll train them, before we'll help them, is we need a benchmark, we need a start point, we need to measure you against against kind of the best and then figure out, you know, where our deficiencies are. Now, here's the thing. I did a talk about six months ago, and there were about four, maybe four or 500 leaders in the room. And I thought, well, let's let's just see what their level of self-awareness looks like in this particular <laughs> location. So I said, so hands up, and th- these, these individuals were leaders or senior managers of fairly... Um, uh, large organizations i said so as a, by a show of hands could all of the leaders that don't have any leadership blind spots could you please put your hands in the air now fortunately uh, nobody put their hands up so in other words everybody recognized that they that that they that they have blind spots mainly because i think they recognize well i probably do so i imagine that also they looked around and no one else had their hands in the air so they said okay. it's probably best I said, okay, terrific. So now we have four or 500 leaders all recognizing that they might have some leadership blind spots. Terrific, said I. Now, if you would all just be good enough to take a pen and a piece of paper and write down your own personal leadership blind spots. Now everybody's slightly embarrassed and shuffling their feet because 
here's the thing about blind spots is we can't see them. If we could see them, they wouldn't be a blind spot. Exactly. So the first thing we do, back to my point, is we have to assess them. We have to benchmark them to figure out where their blind spots is because we don't know unless you have tremendous self-awareness. Most people don't. We all think we're great drivers, but we're not really. If you, mm -hmm. I was saying just before we came on the air that I spend about a third of my time in Miami. Have you ever driven around Miami, Christina? Never. That's, yeah. They're not good drivers. They're really bad drivers, right? So we all think we're good. We're a good we all think we're fairly decent at, at leadership. So basically, we say, uh, you know, part of what, what we talk about is, look, we need a model of tremendous leadership, which is about people development and company development and self-development and strategy development and leadership development. And we need to be very intentional, very mindful, because what we find is that people, they kind of get into a groove and they think that they're a great leader because they've been leading for 15 years. But mm -hmm. the reality is that they've been leading or entrepreneurs. They started a business 10 years ago. Yeah. And they think, well, the business isn't doing so terribly. You know, it, we're, we're doing okay. So I must be okay. But then Marshall Goldsmith, and I don't know if you've yet interviewed him, but you really must. So he says that, you know, what he wrote, you know, the book about what got you here won't necessarily get you there. Right. Mm -hmm. And and the thing about leaders is when we interview them and they say they've been a leader for 10 years, what they've really did is they learned for two years and then they rinse and repeat for the next five cycles. And and they, they haven't continued to grow. And the the original leader that I talked about a million years ago when we first started talking basically said the only advantage you have today over yesterday, unless you've amassed some enormous wealth in the last 24 hours, the only advantage we have today over yesterday is what we've learned. There's, there's no other advantage to the day. So yeah. really, really, really concentrate on what you're learning, um, where are your shortfalls, yeah. improve your self-awareness, improve your emotional intelligence, benchmark against the best, and then fill in the gaps. And really, that's, I guess, if I had to summarize, that's that's what that's what the book is about. On, on the principle that not only what got you here won't get you there, but also with the principle that your job as a leader is to improve yourself, your people, and by default, your business, right? Because yeah. you can't do everything yourself, right? Exactly. So that's what we talk about a lot. That's why we say get an asset. You don't have to take our benchmark, our assessment. It's We think it's the best on the market because we had it designed specifically for against our model. But, mm -hmm. you know, don't just think leadership greatness comes as a consequence of time served, nor from God, because neither of those two things are true. Did that answer your question, Christina? I can't. No, you absolutely did. And and my greatest takeaway from everything you brought forth is really that it's an ongoing process of learning. No matter where you are as a leader, there's always room for more exceptionalism in that you can always be better than you were. And as your business grows, you can't operate it as you did yesterday. So it always it takes room for you as an individual for improvement. And yeah, yeah. yeah, and we could go on a lot further, but we are running out of time and I don't want us to get cut off without everyone finding out how they can get their very own copy of my daily leadership and find out more about you and have you maybe come speak. Uh, how can they do that? <laughs> yes, well, that would, be, that would be splendid. So it's available in all of the usual print and electronic and audio formats. Actually, I, I, I did the audio for this, for this last book because two actors did it for my previous books and they were just, 
too dreadful. So just jump on wherever you get your books from. So it's My Daily Leadership. So just Google that. You'll find us. And if you want to send me an email, and please, please, please do. Nothing gives me greater uh, excitement than to, to, to field those. So it's Antonio at MyDailyLeadership.com or just info at MyDailyLeadership.com and one of my pixies will get that information to me and then I'll help you out. But MyDailyLeadership.com, just Google that. You'll find us and and uh, there's lots of free resources and leadership goodies on the site. So if nothing else, go along and, and uh, just snaffle some of those. Absolutely. Well, I just have to thank you again, Antonio. It was a great pleasure meeting you and you've given us all great food for thought because we can always be better than yesterday. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming to Savvy Broadcast. It's been lovely. Thank you ever so much. For I've, I've enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Christina. Me too. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more Savvy episodes and Savvy Biz Tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com.